When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Dilly Ding Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner. I'm joined today by James, the Sharp End Sharp, and we're going to be dissecting Leicester City's home draw with Bournemouth on Saturday and really looking ahead to yeah. uh, the trip to West Bromwich Albion as well uh, at the uh, next weekend. Before we uh, get underway, just like to remind you all uh, to head over to beer52.com if you want to sample eight beers from around the world. All you have to do is use the tagline Leicester to register and pay the post in the packing. You could be sopping. Uh, something some nice out. Yeah, now, good. James, let's um, get on to uh, Bournemouth, um, yes. and we really could just uh, get last week's podcast video out and, and reproduce it because it was a very similar story. Yeah, it was a copy and paste job, wasn't it, for match report? Uh, third successive one-all draw. Leicester start okay, play what well, seems poorly throughout the middle. Have a strong push at the end to try and find a way through, um, get the equaliser, but. More boos from the fans, more frustration, um, because that seventh place that looked so inviting and so graspable, Leicester seem to be letting it slip through their fingers. I think frustration is the uh, the key word yeah. at the moment, because they're, they're seeing a side that really, before Christmas and over Christmas, uh, were playing some excellent football, some, they, with purpose, with uh, intensity, yeah. uh, some of the passing was excellent, we were hailing Puel's uh, tactical switches. To the four-two-three-one, how it left the front four to just go and express themselves, and they were doing so. They were scoring goals. It's all changed. It's all changed yeah. since that Everton game, and uh, since then, City's just seem to be struggling to try and find a way forward. Yeah, I mean, I tried, I tried in vain a little bit in my five things to try and try and find out what the answer was, and uh, I sat there on Sunday writing it, trying to find answers, and came up with more questions really than anything else. You look at it and think, well. Is it as straightforward as pointing at the Riyad Mahrez saga and saying, well, look, before he went on his winter break, Leicester had won two out of three um, games in a row. Uh, two out of three, that the other game had been that, that game at Stamford Bridge where Leicester essentially played Chelsea off the park but didn't score. The disruption that the Mahrez absence caused, Leicester haven't won since. That's four, four now, they've not won since his return. Is it as simple as that? Is it, well... Uh, tinkering too too much with with, with personnel, we've seen Gentia Bora drop down to probably fourth choice. Um, Who's there. a very popular character, exactly, with the fans yeah, as and well. very popular, very calming influence on the team. Um, what the reasons behind that is that one of the reasons? Is it Shinjokazaki's injury and what he brings to the team? Is that an issue? Is it just simply form? Um, I think Arsene Wenger said the other day, didn't he, that with confidence you go up by the stairs and come down in the lift. Uh, are they just lacking in form? Uh, are they being unlucky? I mean, looked at some of the stats, and I know Leicester looked like they played poorly and not created much, but in the past three games, they've had more shots by a long way than they have even in the games they've won. Their expected goals are higher than they were when when they were winning games. So are they being a little bit unlucky in front of goal? Are they being not clinical enough? 
all these things are potential reasons as to why Leicester are suffering a slump at the minute, but all of it is just adding to a lot of frustration. Well, Claude Puel said afterwards that uh, he, he, he obviously believes with the mentality of the fact they kept going to the last minute and they got their equaliser in the seventh minute of added time. Um, but uh, he said if they keep playing the way they're playing at the moment, the victories will come. Would you agree with that? Um, I th- I think they need a bit more intensity about their plan. I certainly think they need a bit more creativity in the middle part. Yeah, because we know that Claude has come in and has made no secret the fact that he wants to change the way they play. Not completely, but be less one-dimensional. Be less of a lump it into the channels for Vardy and, and hope he, and, and, and see what they can do. Which obviously have won less of the league. But he wants to add a, a, a more patient build-up to it. And he had done that. And in, in the games before this slump... They were having more of the ball, but they were doing a lot more with it at the minute. Now the, look, the build-up looks a bit more ponderous and a bit and less incisive than it has been. before. Well, I noticed now as well they're putting a lot of crosses. Like there was 36 crosses into the box on Saturday, but sometimes that's the easy option just to lump it in the box and, and hope somebody's going to compete for it. It's not the clinical style that we'd seen previously there. So it, it's like they're running out of ideas around the, the penalty area and they're, they're relying on Maris to conjure up a bit of magic, which uh, fortunately he did. In yeah. the seventh minute of added time, I mean, I thought it was a, he had a mixed performance up until that. But he's got that potential. He's got that in his locker. That's why they fought so hard to keep hold of him. That's why the players are so delighted to see he was back. And I think it was noticeable the with ce- his celebrations. I as thought well. that celebration. I know there's a lot of emotion there because you, you, you're trying to find a late equaliser, and it, it came right at the death. But that celebration, I think, was quite. It it seemed to say a lot in the fact that. He raced straight towards the dugout, was embraced by everyone in the, in that dugout. All his players were chasing after him and dived on him as well. Well embraced him, embraced him, and it that was good to see. And it, it did seem to 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 say quite a lot. I, f- I felt, um, and it also changed what would have been full t- full time booze to full time cheers. Well, from. we had a, a fan turn to us in front of us, didn't he, on the press bench, and before the goal went in. He was uh, asking us if we were right in Clorpoel must go because uh, he'd had enough and he was talking about the season ticket holders that were sat in front of and turned up that day. Uh, we obviously don't know the reasons why they weren't in their seats, but uh, yeah. he he was. And then the goal went in and he straight away he turns around back to us and says, "Scratch that, rewrite." Yeah. Um, How quickly that one goal can change. Yeah, I, I, it does. And approach. Fan, and, I mean, we're all fans of individual clubs, and we all know how it feels to. For things to change your mind so quickly, um, but no, uh, there was a, there was a sense, of course, that that goal, while welcomed, uh, did, as we've mentioned, paper over the cracks a, a little bit um, for, for the Leicester's issues at the minute. Well, let's talk about tactics because we hailed Puel and his tactical switches when he first came in and how he was trying to evolve the team into a more complete team. Mm. We've discussed that at length in previous podcasts and in the paper and on the website. Um, but did he get it wrong this time? Because uh, not only did he leave out his regular right back, Danny Simpson, completely, yeah. not even on the bench, he went to a four-three-three as well, which is a, a, a different formation as well. Only to change it again after uh, Danny Amati limped off at the start of the game, and they went to a wing-back system, and it just looked like confusion for twenty twenty-five minutes. Yeah, well, there was as soon as that substitution was made and Chilwell came on, the players almost kind of were getting together and trying to work out with each other as to who was going where and what was going to happen and that's the last thing you want in the middle of a game you spent all week working on where everyone's playing and what your role is but then it just to change so quickly 
Uh, I, I didn't mind the fact that it had gone to a 4-3-3. I didn't mind it because they'd have worked on that all through all through the week. And in previous podcasts we've said that maybe they do need an extra midfielder in there who's a little bit more creative, who can who can make things happen a little bit more. So I, I didn't mind the fact that he'd, he'd put someone else in midfield alongside James Ndidi. And Silver, people have been calling to start for a while. So I, I was happy with... And Silver seemed to be the one that was playing in the more advanced yeah, role so as well. Yeah, so it even looked, I mean, it, it looked a bit like a 4-1-4-1, which I, I, didn't, I wasn't too fussed with that um, because they'd have worked on it and I thought it, it worked okay for the first few minutes. But then once Amata gets injured, I don't know, understand, I don't know why Puel didn't just make a like-for-like change and bring Dragovic on, who can play there, and keep the system and keep your plan that you've had all week, to then change it to a three three at the back, a three, I don't know, was it three, four, one, two, or three, four, where we couldn't work it out, I don't think the players knew what it was either. So that was different. It was only then, once he went back to a four at the back, thought Albrighton did struggle at right back there, to be oh, honest. He did, yeah. Um, Soon they went back to a more familiar system towards the end, did they finally have a bit more joy? So that was the third system of the match that they. Uh, I mean, the there were probably others. Adopted. There were probably others in there as well that we didn't notice, but it, well, it did look a bit confused. Well, yeah, and I think uh, from going having an identity of the four-two-three-one, which seemed to be working so well, whether it was um, Gray or Shinji Okazaki playing him behind um, uh, Vardy, it did work so well. Suddenly, they just looked like there's confusion, and I, and I don't know whether now Puel is looking ahead to next season and this is one of the reasons why he brought Amate in and left Simpson out completely because he's thinking ahead he wants to see stuff in the uh, final few games of this season that uh, will um, change his thinking or certainly shape how City are going to approach things uh, next season it might be that he's looking at lots of different systems to see what suits some of his players best and as a, re- as a, as a result we're getting mixed results um, but uh, you know, I think he needs to settle down and realise there's a fantastic opportunity here. Yeah, um, we're not even just for seventh. I mean, I love Arsenal, the way it, they're going. It look, it, I tweeted it over the, over the weekend, which is that Leicester, are, it's not just the race for seventh that they're blowing. They look like the, the, the race for sixth should be wide open because Arsenal, they, when Leicester went to Everton on, on deadline day, had they won there, they would have gone five points behind Arsenal. Arsenal just won one game since then. Just one of their their next four. They've lost three in a row, um, and Leicester could have been. Leicester had great fixtures, and Leicester haven't won any. And now they're now eight points behind them. Had they turned these victories, turned these performances against teams you'd expect them to beat, Leicester could be really within touching distance of, distance of Arsenal. And at the minute, they're now three points behind seventh. It really is a chance missed. Well, let's talk about Vicente Abora. Yeah. Because uh, you know, a lot of fans are asking, why is he not featuring? Why is he falling down the pecking order? And I can totally see their point because uh, if, if City are going to play this style of uh, football that we've seen in recent home games where they like to get the ball wide and then just ping the ball in for the boxes, he'd be perfect for that role, wouldn't he? Coming on and, and supporting Vardy. Because at the moment, I think they're good crosses that are going in the box, but there's only, there's only lack of bodies in there. There's only Vardy in there. It was only until late in the game when City were desperate and pushing uh, people forward that we had Maguire and Morgan and, well, it's getting and Diddy. Yeah, it's getting to the point now, isn't it, where at the end of games, they just chuck Maguire up there. Mm. In the, in like back, a hark back to the days of just chucking Matt, what, uh, Steve Walsh and Matt Elliott up there, which again raises questions over the sense of the decision to, to loan out both Tijera and Slomani, which is, is a different issue entirely. But... It does mean that Leicester haven't got a physical presence. Ibora has played 
as a second striker for Sevilla before. And as we've seen when he's on the pitch, he's excellent in the air and defends corners really well in that front post. And he is a very strong presence, good header of the ball, so he could offer a second striker role. What Abora also brings you is the composure and he's played some of the most incisive passes this season um, from midfield where he can not just spray it wide but he can find gaps in between central defenders which is what Leicester need against teams like Stoke against Bournemouth against Swansea so unsure really what Ebora has done maybe it's his lack of energy well not lack of energy but you don't see him he doesn't sprint much he reads the game and just kind of... Well, it looks walk, like he's all, all the time in the world. He's he doesn't walk, need he just, to, does Exactly, it? and strolls over. So his omission is um, is confusing. Uh, I know we've, we've touched before um, the sensitive issue about the, 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 kind of the, the, the match-fixing issue in, in, in Spain, whether that whether they're just keeping him away while they, while they deal with that. We know we've spoken to the club about that, and Abora has spoken to the club about that, and that all is all fine. But whether that's an issue with him not playing, I don't know. Fans would love to see him more, and I think I think he does deserve his chance. Well, we have asked Pearl, and uh, Pearl just always gives us the same answer in terms of it doesn't matter which player we're, we're asking about that's not in the side. He says he has lots of options in those positions and wants to see uh, what all his possibilities are. And at the moment, he wanted to see Adrian Silva coming in, and we haven't seen Silva. That was only his third league start since mm. uh, City signed for City. It wasn't really a game for him, was it, in the first half? Couldn't really get in the, in the game. It showed some nice little touches, and but then also gave the ball away a couple of times, which was a bit uh, yeah, I know um, weekly. Yeah, I mean I've uh, got a bit of stick over last week from kind of a defence of Matty James, who's been criticised quite heavily by fans recently, and they were all they were all calling for Adrian Silva to come into the side. Um, he was the one that they wanted to see, and he did come into the side, and he didn't impress at all, and was subbed in the second half. Uh, you might have an argument to say, well, he's only it was only his third start, he's not played too much, so you can give him some slack for being off the pace, but Leicester can't afford for people to be off the pace, and it, it, it was a disappointing performance from him. Uh, I'm sure he'll get better, but it wasn't at his best. No. Um, we've just re- uh, spoken about Riyad Mahrez, but yeah. um, we spoke to him after the game, yeah. uh, chomping on his, his uh, rice pudding after the game down in the mix zone, and... Uh, he was full of smiles, beaming. He was uh, seemed happy. We spoke to several players about, you know, the reaction and the celebration, and they said, look, he's always been part of the the group, and uh, that's why. I mean, I can, I can totally see why you'd you'd forgive him for any misdemeanor in the past when he can produce magic like that, and he remains still the one player in that squad that can conjure up those moments. Yeah, he does, and there's even points where you get at the end of the of games, you can see that Leicester's players get into a position where they just think Let's just give it to Riyad mm. like, just give it to Riyad and hope that and just see what he can do and see what he can conjure up and again he did it his first goal since returning so a, a bit of a, a crucial moment but no I mean there's, there's few other players in that team who have the skill level to be able to score a free kick like that and it was I mean I don't get really bored watching it the angle from the back where it's just curling around it is it really is superb and I didn't think from that distance that he would be able to score. No, I, I didn't, I didn't I think he got the power in his boot to get it there. 25 yards out, I thought he was going to clip it to the back post. But well, he, he, he said he thought about doing that. He said he thought um, uh, he said he thought he saw Maguire at the back post and then thought, nah, 
well, he's I'm missed a couple I'm already. Gonna, I'm going to shoot, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and Wes Morgan said that as well. Yeah, he, he's like, he, as frustrating as he can be and as frustrating as it was to see the reaction to the failed move um, to Man City, that is disappointing. It was disappointing to see and ha- had, had risked tarnishing his legacy. Now he's back and now they've drawn a line under it. You can you just... You can still have to appreciate what a what a fantastic talent he is, and Leicester fans should and will enjoy him while he's here. Well, if there was pressure on City to win those home games, I imagine the pressure would just be the same when they go to the Hawthorns against West Bromwich Albion side that are in desperate straits at the moment. Look, destined for a return to the Championship. Proof if uh, if any was needed that you're never truly established in the the Premier League uh, unless you're one of the top six sides. You know, you're always going to have to uh, think about relegation first and foremost. Make sure you're safe, and then build from there. And because they've been in the, the division for a number of years, but it looks like their time could be up this season. Uh, Alan Pardew hasn't really got them going. No, it just looks like an an utter utter mess, doesn't it? I mean, o- on the field, off the off field, the field um, taxi for Pardew. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the, the whole taxi scandal of being in Barcelona, um, all the the reports of. Dis- uh, kind of arguments behind the scenes and dressing room bust-ups. These are all the things that happen when you're rock bottom and, you, and things are conspiring against you, and it does look bad. And I think, but does that make it a more difficult and dangerous game for Leicester City going to the Hawthorns um, next weekend? Because you know we're expecting them to. Have, they've got some good players there, decent players. You're expecting them to put in a response sooner or later. I mean, I, I from a fan point of view, I think. I was hoping that Pardew wouldn't be sacked ahead of the Leicester game because I think that the atmosphere is so toxic there with him and with with the squad and everything that's happening there. I would rather Leicester play them while he's still there as opposed Mm. to him be gone and the whole new manager bounce or him being removed from the situation and, and then being able to kind of bounce back from that I'd rather that happen after Leicester play them I think Leicester can take advantage of what, what is clearly a club in utter utter turmoil Shinji Okazaki should be back we, yep. saw, we saw him in the mix zone he, he, he smiling was smiling and talking to the Japanese journalist as he always does whether he plays or not and uh, he said he didn't quite make it this week but he, he thinks next week he'll be back would you throw him straight back in because um, I thought there was a massive difference yes. when Inacho came on and Vardy had some support at last in those final 20 minutes or so on Saturday he does need somebody who's going to get around him does Vardy to take the, the, the burden off him a little yep. bit um, Shinji Okazaki nope. as we've always said is the man no one does that better than that, Shinji that, that can help yeah Vardy. I do I think if he is completely fit I would put Okazaki in because of everything that he gives you the energy the link up play the constant movement we've said this about when Damari Gray has played in behind Vardy and Ian Acho, when he first started behind Vardy, very static, wait, kind of wait for stuff to happen as opposed to making sure you're the person that does that. And no one does that better than Okazaki. Leicester spent so much money trying to find someone who does it better than him, and no one does. Vardy always seems much more supported when, when Okazaki's in the team. How many times have we said that Leicester play better as a unit when Okazaki is in, in the side? I think he's the kind of player they need at the minute. To 
to offer Vardy to support. Now, if he is fit, I'd chuck him straight in. Well, well we're in agreement then, aren't we? That yep. uh, we want Okazaki in, we want Ebora in, yep. and we know Danny Simpson's going to come back in because Amati's out injured now for a yeah. while. We don't know how long we'll get the extent of that injury later in the week. So, thank you for joining us today. We've got uh, plenty of stories and reaction to the weekend on our website and on our Facebook page. We'll be back with another podcast later in the week. Don't forget to go to beer52.com. Thank you. <laughs>